Hello, and welcome to another episode of Three Wise DMs, the podcast for three dungeon masters. We've been doing this for way too long. Talk about all the things we do to try to make our games as good as they can be. I'm Thorne, and I'm joined by... Tony. Past the point of no return, no backward glances, our games of make-believe are at an end. We're past the point of no return. And that is the Phantom of the Three Yes! I knew, DM you would, I knew one of you would know it. I knew one Broadway of you DM it. Dave these days. Oh, no, I know uh, we went to see Phantom when I was in sixth grade, and that was a whole thing. I listened to those tapes for years. Oh, my God. It's one of my all-time favorite, uh, probably my all-time favorite musical out of my favorite musicals. And and for Mother's Day this year, I have purchased tickets for Bonnie and my mom and her mom to go see Phantom on Broadway uh, coming up very soon, one of these Sundays coming up. That'd be all. That'd be really yeah. cool. I haven't seen yeah. it. I haven't seen it since. I mean, like I said, I went to it in sixth grade. So you're talking like, yeah. uh, 32 years ago. <laughs> I saw it probably like 20 years ago on Broadway, and then I saw it again when they brought it through Philly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this uh, this will be my return. None of the other people, Bonnie or mom and my mom, have not seen it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like a institution. You must see it. It's I can't a- wait to watch you turn this back into D and D, and not even the Curse of Strahd. Oh, dude, yeah, like, I've been well, waiting well, so easy, hard yeah. to to put one of these songs and shoehorn it into an episode, and there it is. It's not hard. That's not that hard. We're talking about being past the point of no return, reaching the finale of your game. And today, we are talking about a reader question that's about exactly that topic. How do you bring a long-running session to a satisfying conclusion, which Fan of the Opera certainly does. It is oh. part, and, and that song is kind of a launch into it, past the point oh. of no return. Beautiful. The final threshold. And I will say, Dave, you did a great job on that. Yeah. Uh, it's, I've, been, I've been practicing it like all week. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the shower. It's like, Guys, I have. I've, I've totally like went back and listened to the soundtrack because like I was like, oh, I'm going to take him. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. Oh, God, it's so tragically beautiful. <laughs> and, 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 and that's what's going to happen with the second half of the Curse of Strahd game is there oh, we yeah. go launching yeah. into a launching into a Feywild Paris and the Phantom and the, and the, and the Phantom of the uh, <laughs> Phantom of the whatever the Fey version of an opera is. I guess maybe it's just an opera. The Phantom of the Ways. The Phantom of the Ways. We that do have catacombs. Ideas, we have so. catacombs. So. All right. All right. Here we go. So, yeah, so with that small digression. So, yeah, but today we actually we have a great reader question from uh, uh, Robert Berkelmans, who sends in asking us. Um, so now he's had a game going for a long time, four and a half years. But, you know, they're, they're all adults with tricky schedules. So they only play like four times a year. But they've been going for years. They've gone 17 sessions. And now he's feeling like it's time to get to the end, to, 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 to wrap it up, to pass the point of no return and get into the final episode in the conclusion of this epic four and a half year adventure. And his question is this. My the main final campaign... threshold. I'm just hey. going to pepper it in 
through the episode. I, I'm sorry. Uh, you can take it out in post, but it's going to happen. Here's Robert's question. I don't think I can take that out in post. That's, you hear what, that that's not what we're talking about. Get him. That's it. That's it. And you stuck that in. <laughs> Whether we want it there or not. So, okay, back, back to Robert's question. My main campaign is slowly but steadily creeping towards the final showdown at Endgame. My problem is I don't want to rush to the end, but I also don't want to let the campaign drag on and on. Did you as experienced DMs also experience this problem, or is it something that is not a problem at all and I should not worry? I also fear that the final episode will never hold up to the expectations of the quote-unquote final episode. The plan is I call the end of the I call the end on session 20. So they're on sessions. I think they've had 17 sessions. So he's talking about three more sessions before he calls the end. But, you know, guys, this brings up a really great question. I'm struggling with it a little bit in, in uh, Woodstock Wanderers as well, where mm. we are go coming up to the end game. And I'm letting the players kind of find their way there. But there's also a part of it's like, oh, like, like, you know, kind of trying to try trying to speed it along a little bit and get us there. And then, yeah, how do I pay off on that and make sure everyone has a big epic showdown finale that they remember that's worth the two, three years of gaming we've done coming into this? And we've done a lot more than 17 sessions. I think we're we're we're, we're in the we're, we're in the 30s, I believe. Oh, I think no, we're in the 40s. In the 40s? Yeah, we're in the 40s. We're in the 30s in Strahd. So yeah, yeah we we're putting in some serious uh, session work here. And it is, you know, it's it is a it is a serious challenge to bring a, a game that's been going on for many years to a satisfying conclusion. Now, I've done it before. Uh, the four game we had, I think, came to a very satisfying conclusion. The second edition game we've talked about before, where it went on for years and years, we became avatars and stuff. That kind of concluded, and then kind of had a reconclusion, a little like Curse of Strahd's having, where we already we've done the we've done the big conclusion to the campaign, but now we're on to the next thing. Um, Tony certainly had some good, some good conclusions, but, uh, so guys, how do you go about this? You know, how do you approach the end of your campaign, getting it there and then having a satisfactory end? I recommend killing all the players off in a blaze of glory, completely unexpectedly. Boom. <laughs> no, I would never do that. Because mind that blown. Yeah. Here comes the Ur dragon and you all die in a breath of hellfire and you're melted. Next, make new characters. Next campaign. I've heard DMs do that, and that's just freaking. That is the crap sandwich I refuse to take a bite out of. No, thank you. But <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, I did experience this a little bit in uh, Storm King's Thunder because the game was ending faster than I wanted, and here I am pulling a Game of Thrones where I've got eight plot threads up in the air, and I'm like, well, I've got to wrap these up, and I honestly don't have the session time to give certain aspects of this the justice it deserves. So instead of resending one episode getting uh, one of the character's legendary items, two characters got it in the same episode, and then some of the players didn't even realize that the other character had the item. That that was a problem. <laughs> that, that was rough. So what I would recommend is really, and I know it's challenging, control how many loose ends you're going to throw out there because unfortunately you got to wrap them up sometime. Mm. Yeah. You don't want so many loose ends that the end of your campaign just turns into checking off boxes of, okay, wrap up that one, wrap up that one. You want it to feel natural as you're going into your final confrontation. Uh, Tony, was that when, uh, when, when you're talking about that, was that when Erasmus also got the lightning bolt and Otto, all of us were like, wait, he got, he got that. Yeah, yes, or at exactly least I right. remember that's how I, I that's how I remember I went wait what what happened I had a cut scene yeah I did the best I could with that because yeah. it's like well you know this game is going to end in X amount of weeks and I was 
And I was lucky to get that much time in before other people's schedules went off a cliff. So, you know, when life takes that turn, you've got, you know, two, three sessions to wrap up something you plan on doing in eight. You know, that's the hand you're dealt. And just to be clear on that, that was a situation where several players were about to not be able to play anymore. So you had a hard stop on your game. Yeah, that, that was it. So either that or I'm taking two integral characters out of the mix and having the rest go forward. And that just would have felt really forced. And I didn't want to do that. Yeah, that actually is, is similar, I think, to to Robert's question as well, because his um, his game group is uh, it's kind of like spotty playtime. Uh, he did a little intro there where they they'll play a lot. For a, for a little bit, and then they have large breaks, and then he comes back, and they play a lot, and then there's some breaks and stuff. So very similar, Tony, where you just kind of have to, uh, you're almost having to feel like you speed along to the end. What this uh, makes me think of, though, is I don't even remember how many episodes ago it was, but we were talking about that question that the YouTuber brought up about leveling and changing the way we level, and then we got into the whole idea mm-hmm. about leveling past 20. And the main concept of the story's over when it's over, not when you hit level X, whatever it might be. And I think that's a good way to approach the, quote, final or end game. Because, Thorne, as you said uh, correctly, we finished Curse of Strahd. I mean, we finished the, that adventure back in Halloween, yeah. uh, back, you know, Halloween November last year. Uh, we're still playing. Now, that was a plan that I had, much like Tony originally had for Storm Kings, where he had threads and ideas that he was peppering in that could have taken us past where Storm Kings ended with these characters. But because of the game group, we, you know, we just had to kind of wrap up that that adventure. Uh, But we wrapped up Strahd. So we had, as we've said, that kind of like season one or season two ender where we face the big bad and now the world is opened up and we see the bigger bads and the, the larger machinations. Um, but I feel like we approached the, the fi- the final battle with Strahd similarly to this. That was that final. I wanted it to be epic. I wanted it to be memorable. I wanted it to live up to Strahd and the curse of Strahd. And this is the most famous five E adventure. And, 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 you know, so and he was a bastard. He was. You 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 put us through several several different locations, fighting across the across the castle, having to chase him down. I definitely think that that fit the bill as a as a good uh, as a good end session for that campaign. I mean, for me, usually the way I lead into these is I know where the party has to go, and the party usually knows where they have to go. Like we are in Woodstock Wanderers, like the party knows where they have to go to meet the Malbion and have their showdown with him and Gadanathwa and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Um, I mean, what happens from there gets a little more complicated because we have to be, there's at least two locations that are going to be involved, um, which I, the, the party should know if they've been paying attention, but there, there's a couple things are going to have to happen here uh, to, to wrap this game up, but I'm letting them get there a little bit on their own pace and kind of explore some of the side quests they want to on the way over there. And that's been and that's made us a little bit slower, but I feel like the party wanted to do these things. You know, like we we took a little bit of a side quest to stop Strahd's army in the north of Nuscovy, which is the town Tony's character is from. Undead army, right, you know, kind of just just raising hell in the countryside. So and also in that 
army was was a cat was it was was the captured soul of an old character who had been in this world so freeing that soul fighting that army it felt appropriate to do here in the party scott i've still left the party with control over that i haven't exactly put them on the railroad you know so i'm letting them get there the way they want to get there but i am starting to ramp up the challenge level in the kinds of things they're facing so you know you're you're Nothing out there is just killing bandits anymore. Like, like everything we're doing from here on out is something that's like wrapping up a quest or, you know, setting up for the final showdown or doing something like that. So there's that growing sense of urgency in the game. And I would say when you're approaching your end game, you want to have that. Like, okay, if, only, if you're looking to wrap up in three sessions, Robert, you know, basically what I would do is from here on out, it's not that you rush them through it, but everything they get up, they get into should have high stakes and feel like the tension is rising until we get to that final session. You know, you don't want to send them on useless side quests anymore. You, you want to make sure that whatever they're doing in each session is going to help propel that sense of tension and propel them towards the end of the game. Well, Thor, you had said uh, originally, because we, we've covered uh, a lot of the, the stuff with Woodstock a lot because it's our longest running, longest running campaign since the podcast. Because before the podcast. Originally, because you had peppered in the Malbion early on, uh, the idea that he was out there, some of the, yeah. you know, his lieutenants and these types of things. But then you were kind of concerned because we were almost, it was almost too early that we were like, well, we got to go fight this guy. You know, we were like level nine. And then obviously, like, you you responded to some of the, like we discussed here, some of the frustrations in the in the game and things like that by allowing some, okay, well, you know, we open up the world and, and now we've gone to Nuskavi, we've opened, we've gone to Talagia, we've fought some undead armies and vampires, different things. And now it's this push back towards the Malbion, but now we're at a much more, uh, at least approaching, I think, appropriate level where you can go, okay, now I can actually, if you guys want to march this way, we can march this way. You know, where before you were like, they're going to march up the mountain and they're going to die. Like this is <laughs> actually, there's a little bit of mismemory that I wasn't like that. The, the PCs were seeing that, especially Tony, actually was seeing this guy's going to be a higher level archmage and we're going to march up there and get slaughtered. I was willing to let you go up there pretty much as soon as you had fought. Um, well, you had the information to go there as soon as you had fought. Um, Brother Maynard. Yeah, Brother Maynard. And then, but after the Brother Maynard fight, the party was like, we want to go do some other things. We don't, we don't, you know, they didn't want to go forward there. I would have been okay having that fight then. That wouldn't have been a problem for me. I'm, it's played out better that we haven't because we've gotten deeper into like one of the characters is also worshiping God. Worshiping is a difficult word, but they're 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 connected to they 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 yeah, they take Gadanafo as a patron and they're sacrificing. So now the party has someone who's also got a name of Gadanafo, although not to the extent that Malbion does. Uh, we also you know we did some interesting things. We got to play more with Strahd and stuff. So. I'm glad we kept on and the party backed off, but the party was in control there. And I wasn't, I wasn't too worried about them going up there. I mean, I also wasn't really going to mind if they died. So was the, <laughs> was, was it going to be, cause I think this is, I think this is uh, apropos to what we're talking about with final confrontations and kind of end campaign end game type of things. Uh, so similar to what I did with Strahd, where Strahd, as we've talked about many times is a CR 15 vampire Lord. Uh, yeah. Who is Here's, a baller? It's not the book one. Yeah, no, yeah. He's so CR15 is the book one. Um oh, okay. 
Yeah, he's so he's cool. You know, Vampire Lord, you bring a level nine party to him. Uh, they're probably going to have a little bit of a tough time. Maybe. Who knows? Depending on the size of the party. But I decided over the course of the campaign to ramp them up as we've done. And I did the whole CR 20 Strahd idea. Um, would that have been similar? Something that you would have done with the Malbion where, you know, we're, we're approaching him later game. He's obviously been sacrificed to kind of not was. Yeah. So there's narrative reason, but there's also mechanical reason. Would that have been something that you would have played with if we just were like, you know what? Level nine, we're, we're charging up this mountain. So had you charged up there at level nine, you would have fought him as pretty much a, uh, I would have started at, with the Archmage as his base, and then I would have added on the God enough of favors he's earned, which would have been a little bit unique. So because of that, there's room in there to fit him into whatever the party brings, but it would have been tough, and you might not have beaten him straight up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But there's other ways that can run. Like, I would have just played it by ear, and I would have, I would have played it out to see what wound up happening, you know? You know, certainly, especially you're talking sneak attacks and archmages, unless he's got some really good defenses up, at some point your rogue is going to hit him with a scud missile. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to put it, you're going to put 70 points on this guy at some point. Archmage just wanted, like yeah. in one attack. No matter so, what you do, archmage does not have a ton of hit points. Like, no, they don't. You just can't like you can't turn it anyway. It's just now at the same time he can prep and he can have other minions in front of him. You know, so like there's a lot of different ways to twist that battle to make sure it's challenging. But I also felt like I felt like coming into that fight, the way that would have gone is he one would have hit you guys with a meteor swarm coming up the mountain, you know? Okay. You've taken a meteor swarm at like ninth level or whatever you are. Do you still want to continue? What do you want to do? There was also a problem the party had, which is they didn't have any kind of uh, non-detection magic and he was scrying the hell out of them. And like, so he knew exactly where they were at all times because he had, he, he was, he was using scrying to follow them and they couldn't do anything about that. And they didn't even know. Since then, they've now gotten an artifact that 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 is that it has non-detection on it and some other things. So they can sneak much better up there. They're in a much better place to have a battle. But what this means is this is going to be a different battle. Had you run up there at ninth level, it would have been more straight up, more you against his minions, more him flashing magic and you trying to kill him before he kills you. Would have been a lot of damage thrown around. Frankly, yeah, it would have been yeah. a very damaging battle. It would have been you take a big hit. He takes a big hit. We'll see who survives. He would have had some defenses up. I would have made sure he had some healing involved so he didn't go down right away. But it would have been a relatively, possibly short battle, depending on how things played out. Now that we're a little later and you guys have more control over how you approach this, because you have scrying, you have non-detection. Okay, maybe you can't see him. Maybe you can. You, you have you have an orbit for seeing at this point. So like now it's a much more, the party has more tactical control over what's going to happen here. So it's a different fight than it would have been at ninth level. At ninth level, it would have been a party running up the mountain and the Malbion just trying to kill them and do they survive. Now it's, what do you want to do? What's your plan? How are you going to approach this? There's also, because you now have more of an in with God and Athwa, like there's other aspects of this. So like, this isn't just going to be a fight. This is going to be a little more complicated, you know? There's different things to deal with here. There's the Malbion, sure, but there's also Gadanathwa. There's trying to put Gadanathwa back to sleep. There's Is he going to go with you? And, like, you know, the, the Gadanathwa's sort of been traveling with one of your party members trying to decide if it wants to wake up. So now there's, like, just other things involved that actually make it a better campaign yeah. ending kind of thing. Whereas before it would have been a ninth level showdown with an archmage. So I don't know, you know, and, and that's, that's a little, that's a little muddy. <laughs> no, that's good. Mm. That, that, that is a good, that's a good point. And the difference of what, what I think a, a big campaign ending thing looks like 
as opposed to just the knockdown drag out fight at the end, right? Yeah. And it, so it's just, it's a different nature of encounter now. And I would have been fine letting you run into the encounter at ninth level. I wouldn't have minded that. And maybe you win, maybe you die. Maybe you wind up sacrificing God and one. Maybe interesting things happen off of that. You know what I mean? There's there's always room there to 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 tell a good story out of what happens. Mm. But now it's a different story. Like like now it's first of all much more final. Like there isn't at ninth level. There's the whole you lose, but maybe don't entirely lose option. Well, if you're gonna meet them at like fifteenth to eighteenth level, this is it. Yeah, this is the showdown. Mm. Different thing. So like. You know what I mean? Like, like, cause you have different, uh, you, you have different options at different parts of the campaign. Like at ninth level, had you lost, you might have been reincarnated as servants to God and for some reason, you know, or maybe I would have let some of you die and some of you not or something, you know, something different would have happened at this level. Now, now we're in big showdown time. This is, you know, winner go home. This isn't really, you're not going to get reprieves. You're not going to get, you're, you're not going to get the whole uh, red cap takes you in and captures you ending at, at, at 15th plus level. That's not the way that works. So uh, if you had hit our ninth level party with a meteor swarm, they would have buried <laughs> three quarters of us in a lunchbox. And yeah, that that's ha- that's exactly how where that would have ended. And us would have been limping our burned, charred asses down that hill. Whoever one of us still had yeah, our legs. At that point, you had to revivify. So my calculation was how to he hit you. He would be the- dead. Um, you Maybe. know, Shannon would be up still very bad. She wouldn't be raging. She certainly wouldn't have made the deck save. I mean, we're talking four, 20 D6 bludgeoning and 20 D6 fire. Who do you think? I mean, okay, that? but okay. So, so, so Maybe me. Isn't it 10 D6 bludgeoning and 10 D6 no. fire? Is it, is it 20 D6? It's 20 D6. Oh, it's 10 D6, 10 D6. I mean, Meteor Swarm is, is like a, a ninth level, so or eighth and ninth level. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, like this massive so he, But thing. that's why he hits you as you're coming up. So now you can think about what is the power level I'm dealing with, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I don't know. So, I mean, because, okay, you got to figure your average dice rolls are going to be 3.5 per die. So, uh, yeah, it would have been 140. 40 mm-hmm. average yep. average 100 and fire mm-hmm. and half that and if you save um mm-hmm. so that's 70 yeah maybe i could have gotten absorb elements off in time i guarantee you i wasn't walking around the stone skin and concentration i'm still a wizard even with my hit point bonuses yeah you could well, at that point yeah, at that point you were more giant than wizard <laughs> That was, the, mean, that was the that was the unadulterated uh, that, that that was the that was the Storm King's Thunder Erasmus at that point he would have lived. I, I would have been going down that hill saying, "Wow, I didn't have a chance to know most of you nearly as well as I would have liked to." Have. <laughs> well, what I would have calculated is that the meteor swarm would have hit you and given you guys a chance to understand the power level, and that enough of you would have survived it to revive the rest of the party and talk. And then you see what you want to do. So at least you know if you're going to continue up that hill, you're going up into an archmage fight. That's how I would have approached that. And yeah, I'm risking a little bit TPK. There's also things you can do about that. You know, I mean, yeah, you, you, you sometimes you send a message. Sometimes you throw the high heat before they're <laughs> you throw the the high heat. Heat before they get too close to that batter's box. So I'd be wary of the railroad uh, towards your end game. Honestly, mm. um, I would let the uh, players have an opportunity to finish off their side quests that they so desire. Uh, for that, I would take the temperature of the room, so to speak, and see, does the crew feel like this is dragging on a little bit? Do they feel like it, they're just anxious? Do they feel like they want to wrap it up? Like this is the high priority. Perhaps you've ramped attention up to a point where, yeah, there is no turning back. You've got two, the stakes are too high for me to go explore th- this side quest with your cousin. We just, we're not, like, we'll get back to that later, perhaps. So, 
with with that said and done, if that's where they're at, then yeah, take them to the end. But if they want to still, they're like, hey, we're not pushed like into that point where we have room to work, we have time to work, and we're, we are interested in the characters and want to close some things out and do that final prep at the end, definitely give them a chance to do that. Yeah, Tony, I would agree with that. Uh, you really want to, even if the rest of your campaign has been a little railed, uh, you know, don't don't drive them right into the station of here's, you know, chapter 10, the end game. Um, I did that with the Pathfinder campaign, the first uh, the first one coming back into running. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was a fine story. It was a fine. It was a great session. Like they really enjoyed it. Uh, but looking back on it, I was like, there wasn't. There wasn't any stake to it. It was just almost like, okay, this is what we're doing. Okay, you know, and there wasn't a lot of of the same level of investment that I think uh, we had one in uh, with Strahd. You know, you guys kind of saying, okay, this is when we're we're going to to we we have to have this showdown now. You know, we've we've seen what Barovi can do. We've collected the artifacts that we can find. We need to just take this guy because now it looks as though he's gonna. Like, you know, force the hand of the end game with the whole invitation to dinner. And now going into this second half of it, now having, in essence, in the last the last session, I introduced the the big, big bad uh, Strahd's yeah, maker, yeah. in essence. So now it's very much it's it's much closer to the I don't know if it was Tony or Thorin saying it, but this. OK, we need to do this now. We can't like Tony, you were just saying, actually, where. Okay, there's a little bit of a clock on this now. We can't just be like, hey, what do you guys think? I'm thinking about like, you know, I'm thinking about what about Velaki? Like, I'm thinking about maybe like create a nice barony. We could get the trade going again. You know, the ways are open and I'm thinking maybe, you know, no, oh shit, no, we need, this is bad. This is bad. This is Amber Temple level stuff. Things are going to escape. We got the Phineas's patron. Is God knows what the hell he's trying that to do with his psycho idea that. about dismantling the Feywild, <laughs> you know. So like, there's there's big big players now, and they're making big big like you know world changing decisions at this point, you know, which I think is appropriate for end game level, you know, when you're in those high levels, because that's the only thing you're going to be able to play with when you're 14, 15, 16, 17th level, right? Yeah, you know, I want to talk, just just to reiterate something you guys both said, which is, you know, you don't want to feel like you're just putting them on the train to the end game, you know. Now, but at the same time, I don't think that means that you can't force them to it, but you need to have in the sessions leading up to it, you need to have that growing sense of urgency, that clock of things mm. are happening, and you need to go there and stop it, or worse things are going to happen, you know. And that's I think that's important to play out because you don't just want to show up on session twenty. And just go, okay, guys, now you're fighting the big bad. You want to spend those sessions leading into session 20 building <laughs> tension. You you, want, you walk through the one door and he's just standing there. Ha ha, you found me. <laughs> that, was, that was my suggestion. Roll for, initiative. <laughs> for someone's campaign end. We're leaving the bar. We're going to the cars, you know, and then he's parked right next to us. And there's the Malbion. And then we just throw it out in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're That's just we're, we're just gonna we're just gonna do this in the you know old fashioned brawl style jets and sharks you know that <laughs> fight it's just, yeah. but that's a great point Lauren absolutely yeah but I think you but the way you do it is I think you sprinkle in events through the sessions leading up to it that 
either raise tension or or the stuff the party's involved in should be getting more and more high level. So, like, I haven't really pushed on, hey, the Malbion, because theoretically the Malbion's trying to wake up this thing within the world. The God of God and Othwa, it's a great old, it's kind of a, a, a sleeping great old one inside the world. And if it wakes up, it's going to destroy the world. It'll just crack the world like the shell of its egg and escape its egg. And that's bad for everyone on the surface of the egg. So, you know, we haven't really pushed that that can happen at any time, but now's the time when that starts, you know things start happening you start throwing in stuff where people are starting to understand no no we got to go now we can't we can't spend this session haggling with the shopkeeper anymore we got to move you know you start giving them more kind of high level stuff stuff that they can use in the end game stuff that could be fun to play with uh that party just got it what i call the adamantine tower it's a instant fortress so you start peppering in those things those things that like you haven't wanted to give them throughout the campaign because they they make things more they might break your game. Well, you're in the point now where the game shouldn't be able to be broken because you're going to be bringing out game breaking stuff yourself. Uh, so you start you start giving that stuff out. You start letting them play with it. You start letting you start you start just letting everything power up, everything feel more tense, and letting the party know that they're fighting more more difficult things they can't just take out. Like Dave was saying, like Kirad the Blood Star. That's who we're fighting, right? Oh no, it's uh it's Vampire. Vampire the Vampire, the Star of Blood. Star yeah. of Blood. Which and is yeah. in essence, uh, it's very much along, like, I was trying to communicate the descriptions enough. Uh, I was hoping that, Thorne, you were appreciating it, because I'm very much, he's like this elder thing. It's yeah. not a, he's not an undead vampire. Ooh, we have sun sword. Uh, no, no, this is something that eats your mind out, you know, type of thing, you know? He looks like the Ravenloft version of the Batman who laughs. If either of you guys are familiar with him. Yeah. Actually, I have the board game, but I've never read the comic. (laughs) Well, the Batman who laughs is incredibly evil and dangerous, like cosmically speaking. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to check it out because I do not know that. Yeah, I found some of these images of this thing and I was just like, oh, this is what we're playing with. Yes. This, this is, is utterly alien-looking, mind, you know, you know, you know, mind-erasing kind of evil thing. And not only was it that, it did what I, it used one of the tricks that I think is always good to use. You show up and you just beat the party up a little bit, you know. I, no, it was absolutely the as that Tony absolutely said. Happened. Yeah, yeah, shove your head in the toilet bowl a little bit and flush, you know, like Strahd did when you guys first arrived in Barovia. Yeah, because now I've set the here's the standard. Okay. Yeah. What what are we what are we gonna do now? I thought right. Thorne had balanced that uh, encounter personally. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> I, I'm stuck between a frost giant uh, king and this asshole who's far and, worse. And just to as a as a as but the did audience, you die? but did you die? No, no. no. Uh, um, tomorrow's in the emergency room. It's fine. I think I probably. I feel like I brought Hawk closest though, because when I started rolling out big old psychic damage with like hefty rolls, I think that was. But um, one of the things though that I was uh, uh, as some of the listeners might be aware, uh, I've been playing with. We we're doing it in the Marvel campaign, but I started to play with it in Curse of Strahd. I'm starting to tie Tony's Storm King's Thunderworld and my Barovia world and possibly Chris's Tomb of Annihilation. I don't know. He's still just starting it, so that's up to him how he wants to roll that. 
But we're, in essence, creating our own shared forgotten realm. So, Tony, you probably realize that I brought in that Gertz great axe that you talked about from Storm Kings that Hashnag rolls out with. So I'm standing here not knowing this in character, and I'm like, so I'm squaring off with a frost giant king who has a human slang axe. Well, this is a load of fucking shit. I mean, you have to bleep that out, but yeah. Especially as the only as one of the only humans in the party, right? Yeah, it was great. There's only like three people that it can really hurt in that way. And yeah. here I am. 5d12. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Phineas is over there like, what, human? Who's a human? I just look human. What? <laughs> but, but yeah, you need to bring it out. Uh, you need to pepper it. You know, as Thorne was saying, you need to build to the end game. The end game has to come about because of what's happening. You know, uh, think Avengers, right? Like, Avengers Endgame, parts one and two, right, didn't just happen. You had the solo movies, you had Avengers, you had the solo, you had Age of Ultron, yeah. And little by little, these things are building. These things are, we're starting to see these stones appearing. We're starting to, you know, we're being introduced to this bigger bad out there. We've, we've fought his lieutenants, and now this dude's like, okay, well, I'm just going to take care of it. And it takes the gauntlet and the great scene and whatever, right? That's the only way you get to Endgame, you know, and you can do it in a condensed timeline. There's nothing wrong with that, but you have to have been hopefully already up to session 17 peppering in what is the what is the the big cat? What's the big uh, antagonist in this world for this for this party, for this adventure um, and be peppering that in so it will lead them to the um to the end game, you know, even if you force it, you know, because at least they know that it's there. Well, that's interesting because that battle kind of left. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but it left me thinking like, well, this guy's out of our weight class. And that's assuming he, for some reason, felt sorry for us. And it's like, because you're such losers, I will fight you alone, which is totally uncharacteristic of probably how I would operate. So... You know, there needs to be planning and things that uh, go with that. There needs to be strategy that's put together so that, you know, we don't get smoked. Well, uh, we did just go right from him to the first magic item shop we've seen. Absolutely. I mean, you then you literally were transported to Ilios's Sky Mall, you know, as we talked about in the Storm King's Thunder episodes and such. But I will say, though, like, Tony, that was a good point. And I hope that came through. But that concept that. What we've been building up through in the the whole campaign, all through Curse of Strahd and the whole Amber Temple, and how like, okay, this was this is bad, but like we're making a deal and we kind of made out pretty good, but now this thing shows up and looks at certain members of the party in an almost familial way, you know, in a way in which oh, you are now utilizing this power. And, you know, there's no spoilers here for for my uh, party at this point. But what I did with the Amber Temple was uh, and this built again, this has to do with even back to our previous uh, two weeks ago, we were talking about over preparing and stuff. A lot of this stuff came about as the game was progressing. I might have had a a small inkling of I want to play with something here, but I didn't know what it looked like yet. What it finally turned into was my idea that when you accept a gift in the Amber Temple, you weaken the prison that these these vestiges, the dark powers are are uh, are encased in. 
are imprisoned within. At that point, as you draw on that power, it starts to create chinks in the armor in that prison, finally allowing something to break through and escape, much like Vampire did because Strahd made the deal and then started to engorge himself as a vampire, drawing on that power, therefore freeing Vampire, the whatever the hell this thing really is. I, I still don't even quite know. I just know he's from beyond the stars. That's about the extent. <laughs> he of is the hurt loss. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, um, I mean, but yeah, that's the thing. So Hawk and Scar kind of did away with their gifts and they had their redemption arcs. The rest of the party was like, no, nah, we're cool, man. But now it creates, as I mean, it's so. <laughs> it creates that tension ratcheting up of like, okay, well, this isn't probably good. So we're going to have to at least like start discussing what we what we may or may not do about this, you know, <laughs> which leads us to an end game, you know. Yeah, which is, you know, and it, and it goes with that kind of like that, that building sense of tension. We're also one of the keys to making it to making that final session really feel like, you know, paying off is that you're building on all the things you've done until then. Yeah. You know, it doesn't stand alone. It's not just the last bad guy at the end of the game. It is the bad guy that was built by the player's own actions or that the <laughs> player's other stuff they've done has been leading to. So there needs to be that sense of not just that we're fighting the biggest, toughest thing we fought, but also that everything we've done until now has influenced this and has had a hand in us coming to this place. That's what makes a really satisfying final game, I think. Yeah, you need the player investment there for sure. But... Also, as you're going into this, consider that, yes, you could have the big finale and the end and all that great stuff, the confetti, the parades. But that doesn't mean your characters, as I've said in the previous episode, get that one way trip to the retirement home. Even if you pause, even if you don't play these characters for six months, they're there. They're yours. You can always bring them back out later. There is no rule that says that's the case. Well, unless they die. But yeah, true. Yeah, unless meteor swarm, but no, <laughs> Tony, that's a good point because I think with with Strahd, we did that where the last we've talked about it, we did the whole dinner with the devil, and we we actually had the dinner party, we had a big thing, costume party, Halloween, yay, right? And then we, you know, we did kind of a two parter there. Uh, it just was how it went, you know, for the final thing, but um, but make it an event too, make it something that here's the event. But like you were just saying, the characters weren't done at that point. They had freed, from what they understood, they freed Barovia from Strahd's influence. Okay, well, now what? Well, that could be the epilogue, as we've talked about in other episodes, where the where are you, where are they now episode, like we did with Storm Kings, where we said where did Roderick go and where did Mina and Zhang go? Or, hey, do you guys want to keep playing this and this Final session 20 for Robert turns into the next portion or somewhere else in the world with different characters. Who knows? But the story and the characters don't necessarily have to end. That's just this part of it. I mean, shit, we learn that in every single season of a television show, right? Or, or you could let them go and start a new and start a new game with new characters. You also could do that. <laughs> Because Thorne is dying to start some new characters. Oh my god, that's great. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It's nice that we pulled Jang back out and he was in a one shot, but I'm like, all right, let me get back to Bixie, the the, the new yeah. goblin artificer. He's alive. Now, 
What's he building now? <laughs> I am just Scott Bakula and Quantum Leap, just sliding through different characters. Yes, yes. <laughs> but because so, you have that array of characters that allows you to do this slide. That's your, uh, that's I mean, Thorin's like. Who, who doesn't though? There's a million different characters you can make in D&D. One something. of us needs to finally run the Quantum Leap campaign for Thorin once, just so he can like, each game he brings some new, it's new the character. same character. But he gets morphed into some other character. And there's an overarching story, but we're not quite sure what it is quite yet. He's trying to get home. I thought you were going to say the Viking campaign. But with Quantum Leap, that's another possibility, yes. Hmm. Yeah, you can hop through all those things. So one thing, you know, we're kind of getting on in time here. But one thing I wanted to hit before we before we get to the final thoughts is, Tony, you had the same challenge Robert had when you were dealing with the end of Storm King's Thunder. And that you had to bring this to a conclusion in a yeah. set number of sessions, which is what he wants to do. How did you do it? How'd you go about that? I put together a list and said, all right, well, what has to be closed for us to reach the end? So all the characters had to find their their legendary item, so to speak, that that signature item that they had been seeking. It was part of the equation. The whole one of the points was, which I, you know, I can't I know you can't believe it. I how I did some home brewing in Storm King's Thunder. I know that's crazy, but uh, that needed to happen. So that was unavoidable. So we fit that in. The Storm King, uh, his court needed to be overturned. The Storm King had to be saved. And then, honestly, that battle with Sarkaloth uh, in the story, as I pointed out, like he shows up, you save the Storm King. You know, I got much more deep into that battle than I think that the, the story, that was just supposed to scare you guys. I really wanted a satisfying, at least partial showdown. With it, you it, and the true antagonist of the story. I wouldn't say it scared us. It, it, it did really raise Zhang's hackles, and he, he just wants to go kill Sarkaloth now. And that's that's the one thing. That's what I'll pull Zhang back out of retirement for. We actually have the go kill Sarkaloth campaign. He's out there. And you yeah, do he, have a Navy now, so we could just do a full Navy battleship war game. We have a Navy. <laughs> we have an airship. I'm sure we have access to underwater spells that'll let us get down there. I think it's time we went and killed the. We, we, I think it's time we killed the Kraken. And you <laughs> see plot hooks for future games. That's what it's all about. <laughs> all right. So so when as you so so you built that list, and then what did you do to make sure you know, over the sessions you had? How did you? Spoon, how did you kind of divvy that up to make sure you were going to hit those things before you wrapped? Well, what I do with most of my uh, sessions, I am I'm very subtly managing the clock and the game flow. So I'm like, OK, we've got three games. We've really got to get to here without making you feel like, hey, guys, you've got to get to here because that kind of, you know, blows the illusion out of the water. It, yeah. it, it So. There are points where I'm like, no, no, let's throw in a random encounter. Let's make you search more. Really, at that point, if time is of the essence, use your best material. That's what you want to make sure hits the table. And then everything else can be supplemental. And then because you basically over the course of like those three sessions, you were like, okay, we got to be. Because I think you took us uh, basically to the giant court. You had to go to. You had to finish. The uh, sensorized lair, the cloud giantess. Uh, you had you had to finish that. Then you had to go to the maelstrom. Then that there was a whole court session, and then saving the storm came. That was three episodes. Okay, so you basically was like it was it was like the palace, then the maelstrom and the court session were one. The palace was one scene, the maelstrom and the court session was one scene, and then 
Well, I guess so the court session and in and, and actually freeing Hecaton on the ocean, those were the same session, right? That was three sessions, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's how that's that's how you go about it, you know, Robert. So if you are looking to wrap this up in 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 three, take a look at what has to happen before they wrap up to make it a satisfying to make it a satisfying ending. And I know that's one of the concerns you mentioned there that you're afraid this wouldn't be satisfying. Go through and make your list now. Here's what has to happen between now and then to make this a good build up and an organic conclusion to what we've been doing and figure out, okay, what I'm going to do with session one, two, and three, and three is going to be the big showdown and make sure you hit the, hit the important things and let it organically build tension up into that last session. Easier said than done, maybe, but I don't know. You know, it usually works out. Your player's going to be into it. You know, you don't need to worry so much about players not being into it. They're going to be into it. They're, 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 they're at high level. They're using their cool stuff. So I think it'll probably go better. I think, I think it'll be easier than, than it maybe sounds like it is. All right, guys, we've been going on for a little while here. What are your final thoughts about bringing your campaigns to a satisfying conclusion? I would try to reiterate, not have so many open plot lines that you're scrambling to try to make sure that everything is closed off because it becomes increasingly difficult to keep each one of those an individual satisfying ending while still providing a satisfying ending for the main plot. Like that's what brought everybody here. That's what we want to see wrapped up take the temperature of the room do people really want to like in, in dave's game i'm like pulling apart dressers looking for things trying to find like other clues and the things that i want to miss but you know in storm king's thunder i'm like well we're out of time it's got to be three games what beats do we need to hit so that the continuity of the game holds up and it brings it to a satisfying end that everybody's gonna be happy with yeah hmm so I would say if if they have already been for 17 sessions, if they have been satisfied with the game, if they've been enjoying the game, if they've been invested in the game, go with the same stuff. Obviously, what you're doing is working. So your final thing should work, too, as long as you are allowing them to have the agency and the decision-making to go after it, like we were kind of detailing. You don't just open up the door and there's the big bad and we're just gonna fight them. It, you know, pepper, have, peppering in that stuff to lead them to that final, they've figured it out and they have to go and end this thing before it ends them or the world or the village or the God, whatever the heck it's ending, right? Something is ending, so you know, they need to stop that. Um, I would say, Though one of the things that you can do that will change it, because there's not a lot you can do to make it, um, it's going to be memorable because it's memorable. And if it's not, it's not going to be, there's nothing you can really do specifically other than what you do, you know, run the game that you run. If they're, if they're liking it, keep running it that way. What you can do though, as an addendum to this is that's when you bring out the big stuff. That's when you make it an event. That's when you do dinner with the devil. That's when you bring out your big maps. That's when you unveil your huge table of terrain that you've wanted to build out for the final confrontation. That's when you have the minis out, maybe. Maybe you have a party. Maybe there's more handouts. There's people are in costume, whatever. Make it something special. Make the event of you all getting together memorable. And then the game will be memorable because you as players are also, it's memorable for you as players as well. But like, 
do all the stuff that you wanted to do this whole campaign. Bring it out now. You know, you don't have to do any of that stuff. But if you've wanted to bring out that stuff, bring out the maps and the minis and the freaking, you know, backdrops or whatever the hell you got, you know, music, whatever, you know, but make it a make it a whole event. Yeah, make it memorable. Yeah. All right. And for me, you know, my final thoughts are really just around driving that drum beat to the final session. You know, you bringing the things together that the party have done before and, and making them add up to what you're going to have your finale be and making those last few sessions, you know, you know, have them take on lieutenants, have them save important people, have, have them thwart a really big plot that shows them that they are out of time and need to go deal with the end game now that, but putting that tension in there and that sense of urgency and sense of, okay, we got to go do this now leads to a, 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 a good engaged, tense exciting final session so think of it like that you know you're funneling them towards the end but you're not railroading them towards the end you're using story and 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 kind of the the call the 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 accumulation of plot points to bring them to that end that feels like okay this is everything this is the capstone this is where everything pays off Mm. and then once you get them there have an epic multi-stage combat you know i mean there is nothing wrong with your final session being some talking in a fight i think that's okay (laughs) <laughs> I absolutely think it's okay. Get it done in one session. Don't split the fight over two sessions. But there is, but having a a, a a really satisfying, tactically interesting, hard battle where some party members maybe maybe die and get revivified. Maybe someone has to die to strike the final blow on on, on the big bad guy. But you know, having it kind of build up and then this really satisfying, explosive uh, combat at the end to me. Now, not all sessions have to end in combat, but to me, for most of my games, that's what I think players, that's what my players usually find exciting. So that's what I'd be aiming to do is to get to that. What is that final session going to look like? Add some cool stuff. Give them some neat things they haven't used before that they can use in the final fight. And then don't be afraid to make the final fight an interesting fight. All right. And that's it for me. Guys, thanks for joining me on another session here. Mm, Good stuff. Hopefully we brought this to an exciting conclusion. I don't know. The final threshold. Oh yeah, we are over the for the final threshold. <laughs> That's it. So, Robert, thank you very much for sending us this question. I hope that our discussion helps you helps helps you shape this and, and bring the campaign to a great conclusion. If any of you listening have your own questions questions you'd like to hear us answer, please send them in. You can reach us at threewisedms at gmail.com. You can go to our website, threewisedms.com, and enter the, enter them in the what's your problem field. Or you can talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're active in all those places, and we're always on the lookout for ways we can help other DMs, you know, just basically think through their problems and, and, and have better games. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform. That really helps get the word out. Share it with your friends. Tell folks. We appreciate all the support you've given us. And that's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Three Wise DMs. Thank you.